a big thing to do, which took me at, I'd say 40 million to figure out is appraisals and FCT fees, always refund your clients. Tie down reports for mobiles, refund your clients on closing. Those simple things help clients recommend you more. The most inspiring stories from today's most successful mortgage brokers. Join your host, Scott Peckford, on I Love Mortgage Brokering. Hey, Broker Nation, Scott Peckford here. Today on this podcast, I have Jody Whalen. Jody is a 80 million producer last year. This year, she's on track to do over 100 million, 200 and some loans. And not in a particularly large community, but the thing that I find very inspiring about my conversation with Jody is she's got an incredible work ethic and incredible drive. And you know, one of the things that was the most interesting is that she said that if she had a habit or a trait that helped her be successful is that she does not procrastinate. Now, if you're like me or most 99% of the population, procrastination is absolutely a killer. And it's interesting that she is so decisive that when she makes up her mind to do something, she just does it now. Do it now is her philosophy. I think you're really going to enjoy this episode with Jody. The other thing that I recently had done some research on, and a friend of mine was telling me about this, there's research on leadership and what makes good leaders. And it used to be good leaders had communication. That was kind of like the number one thing. But what they have found over the last, you know, um, this is somebody who done research since the 60s on leadership qualities. And the leadership quality that's most needed today in our culture the most admired is actually decisiveness. It's actually the ability to make a decision and pull the trigger because we are so, and I think this is my guess anyway, is that we're so overwhelmed with options and ideas and that we can get it procrastination. Then you can spend time just trying to figure what should I do? And so Jody combats this by being aggressively execution oriented. So I think you're going to absolutely love this episode. Also, just keep in mind, if you are trying to add realtors, and Jody talks about in her episode that she has about 35 realtors that still provide 65% of her business. Realtors are not going anywhere. The market hasn't changed. Realtors are still a huge value part for your business. So if you want to add realtors to your business, we've got a program. Check out 10loansamonth.com. We have some free training there you can check out and uh, help you add 10 plus realtors in the next 90 days, 10 plus quality realtors. And so check that out and check out this episode with Jody. I think you're really going to like it. Hey, Broker Nation. Today on the show, I have Jody Whalen. Jody is a huge producer who's just seen massive growth in her business over the last three to four years. I've been chatting with uh, Jody virtually, and I'm excited to have her on the show with me today. Jody, how's it going? Good. How are you doing, Scott? Outstanding. So tell me a little bit about yourself and how you got into the mortgage business, because from our previous conversation we are having before we went on air, I'm quite impressed with uh, the growth that you've been able to man- somehow manage to keep all your hair and like still look young. And you know, I don't know how you've done this, but this is pretty amazing. So tell me about how you got into the business and about yourself. Okay. So I started entering the mortgage business about 2011. So I think I'm going into the ninth year, eight years ago. It's kind of all a blur. It's just went quick. I wanted to have babies. I was going to be a realtor and a realtor partner that is now a realtor partner of mine said, you should try mortgages. So the next Monday I signed up and the rest was history. I was working at the city at the time full time and I joined into the mortgages. Then I went on mat leave and never went back and just did mortgages full time. Started to grow the business every year, grew it more and more. This last year I've opened my own brokerage. I'm now hitting a hundred million this year and I full time assistants working with me. Okay, so that 100 million is a very rare, it's like 0.0001% of the population gets to that level of production. And so let's let's go back a little bit and tell me about, so in your first year, were you working full time and doing mortgages? Like at what point did you make the jump from doing both jobs, just doing full time mortgages? 
So I've always kind of worked two jobs in a sense. When I was in high school, I do schooling and worked as a server. Then when I was out of high school, I did my communications degree and worked as a server. Then I worked at the city in communications, then mortgages in the city, did that for about a year, went on mat leave, was afraid to let go of the city job. So I ended up being pregnant again. I had two babies back to back. I tried to extend my mat leave and the city knew I wasn't coming back. So they basically said, Jody, carry on with your mortgage course. You know, you're going to keep doing it. So I started doing that. I did mortgages and raised babies while my husband worked. It was about, it's coming up on three years ago now that he stayed home and my business went from 40 to 60 to 80. Now I'm hitting a hundred million with them home. When he was working, I was raising two small babies. So an 18 month old and a three-year-old hitting 40 million a year. So it was two jobs too. Did you have any support or help when you did that? Yeah. Right. That's crazy. And so how, like, you obviously have an incredible work capacity. Now tell me about your business today. So now you're at a place where you've got some more support at home. You've got, tell me about your team and how, how do they help support you too so you can get to a hundred million? I watched one of your podcasts and I kind of took the doctor nurse role on that was explained. I hit an overflow, I'd say breaking point of overworked last year in July. My first girl that came in, I flipped the phone to her and I gave her complete trust. Before that, I never thought anybody could do what I could do. Mm -hmm. I've learned that, no, they can't do what I can do, but they can do things I can't do. So they've brought value to the business. They've gotten 555 beacons approved with 10% down through CMHC. They figured out how to get universal child tax credit to allow a client to get an approval where he already waived financing with another broker four months dated income January. So they can do things I wouldn't have otherwise thought because being so long in this business, you hear no so often that sometimes you're like, no, it won't work. No, it won't work. Right. So they brought some extra to the business. Hiring them is great. They're frontlining everything. So my phone's flipped to them full time. I'm in the background overseeing all the deals, any hard deals that need, like the clients need extra care or the lenders, like they need me to jump in on a lender because they're asking for a condition that really can be, an exception. We don't need it. I jump in and I do all that. So I'm the doctor. They're the nurses. I've okay. implemented that model and I love it. I'm going to ask some questions about that. So let's say I'm a lead. I reach out to your office. Walk me through what happens from, and I'll ask you a few minutes of where your business comes from, but let's say I get referred to you. What happens? One of my two girls, they share the phone two days on, two days off. One of the girls are going to answer. They are going to do the initial phase of answering any questions carrying on with the pre-approval if the client wants to proceed. Once the pre-approval is done, they're going to email them documents and they're going to ask them if they're working with the realtor and update the realtor with their consent to let the realtor know they're ready to go. And when you get the offer, please forward it over to us. So it's one less document the client has to worry about getting for us. And mm-hmm. there's no laughs in communication. If they write an offer, the realtor doesn't think the client gave it to us and the client didn't know to give it to us. And then I'm in the background overseeing. So I'll oversee everything that they do. They're doing a pre-app. I go through it with them, check everything, make sure it's all in line. Live deal comes through. I make sure that I'm overseeing it, get ready. I hit the submit button. Then they're dealing with all conditions with the lenders and the client to get everything wrapped up to the end. And so do you talk to the clients at all? Sometimes no. Depends on if they need me. What percent of the time would you actually talk to the client? Mm, 15%. 15 yeah. Okay. And so then, and so would you say your strength is problem solving files or prospecting? What do you think your strength is? Both. Or what would you, what would you prefer to do if you had a day to work on your business? Do you rather sit there and problem solve files or do you rather go out and shake hands and, and kiss babies? You know, I don't want to go. Purpose? I don't want to go. I like prospecting, but not by going out. I like to call. I don't even really cold call realtors. What I done was I made sure I got the marketing out there to get the business through. Once I got the business through clients would call, find us. 
we'd get a deal approved that was otherwise declined at a different broker or a bank. And sometimes I would even get them approved at the same lender that declined them. TD would decline them, I'd get it approved at TD. Scotia declined them, I'd get them approved at Scotia. So as I done that, the realtor is going, how did you do it? Like they were just with this specialist, the specialist couldn't do it. What did you do different? And being in Fort McMurray, there's a lot of obstacles to overcome. The fire happened. So for example, after the fire, 2016 had lower income. So one of the deals I got approved at TD that was declined in-house was a two-year average of income, but I asked them to scrap 16 and use 15 and 14 because 16 wasn't an indication of earnings because of evacuations right. off for like two to four months. So it wasn't a 12-month reflection of earnings. Right. And they didn't think to do that. So here's the, it sounds like you would have been that excellent lawyer as well. So yes. part of it would be like, does, you, does your husband ever win arguments with you? Actually, nine out of 10 times he does. And by the 10th time, I'm like, no. Okay, so that's, that's probably you, you balance each other up. So I'm thinking the problem solving part of it is sometimes having helping the underwriters see it in another from another perspective, right? 100%. Um, okay, so then when you first started out, so now you have this doctor nurse frame. You're basically overseeing, making sure that they're doing, you know, getting things taken care of. Prior to getting there, though, and okay, one other question for that. So you are you less stressed now doing more volume, or what's your what's your level of like work anxiety? It hasn't slowed down. I still have that fight nature in me. Something happens and I'm ready to fight. Like yesterday, I had a deal at a lender and they tried saying living allowance needs a two-year average. And in Fort McMurray, living allowance is quite common because we're up north. It's part of the salary. It's not fluctuating. So there I am at 5 p.m. till 6 p.m. I I call it the gates of hell. They open up at 2.30 to 3 p.m. and they don't stop until 7.38 p.m. Everything's on fire. It's so hot. Even with the help, even with the support, I haven't lost the anxiety that comes with fighting. Right. Well, you're, you're good at it. So it's like, hey, you get to, if you win more often than you lose, then it's kind of fun. It's like, hey, I got it done. Check. We got another client into a home and solved their problem. So, okay, walk me through, how did you get here though? Because this sounds amazing. Some people be like, oh my gosh, Jody, I couldn't imagine, you know, what you're doing today. But tell me about in those first years. So how did you get your business from zero to like the first 20 million? I would breathe, sleep, and eat mortgages. I'd be out with friends, and I'd be like, mortgages, mortgages, mortgages. I'd put a magnet on my truck. I'd stop in at restaurants. I'd put business cards in the restaurants. Everywhere I went, mortgages was part of me. And my family was like, Jody, that magnet looks ridiculous. And I didn't care what anyone said. I continued on. I was going to make this mortgage business successful. Right. How much were you doing in production when you left the city job? I'd say 20 deals I did in the first year. That's when you went on maternity leave, right? Yes, but I didn't, I never stopped working. I never took EI or took mat leave. I just kept doing mortgages because it didn't make sense to take the mat leave income where the mortgage income was already making me that amount. At what point did you first hire? You said at 40 millions before you even hired anybody. So before you you were at doing. I had no help until I, 60 mil I did alone. 80 mil is the year that I had part-time help. I had him up until September when I left the brokerage, at which point he stayed with my old brokerage. And Mm -hmm. I hired full-time help in July. And I was training her, so she was new. So my 80, last year, my 80 million years, when I first had my part-time support, that rolled into the full-time that I had to finish training. So this is the, I'd say this 100 million years, the first year that I have support, but I didn't realize that I really should have hired support at 30 million or 40 million. Right. So I'm, I'm still playing catch up. Right, so uh, let me ask you this. If you could go back to Jody at 20 million and give her some advice, what would you say to yourself? At 40 million, hire a full-time helper. Right. And then another one at 80, probably. And then that's the fastest way to go to 120, you know, like is to have some support. So interesting. And so how have you found, I'm just curious about finding time between the number of files that you're working on and 
finding time to train them? How have you found that? I found that I'm just the cap of everybody. I bring my marketing in. I train my girls. I oversee the files. I jump in with the lenders. If the client's upset, I jump in with them. I mitigate it. A big thing to do, which took me at, I'd say, $40 million to figure out is appraisals and FCT fees, always refund your clients. Tie down reports for mobiles, refund your clients on closing. Those simple things help clients recommend you more. It makes them like you a lot. And I didn't realize that until I hit about 40. Clients are upset. Um, one of my assistants missed a small thing. Like um, she used a two-year average when she first started. It was only out by two grand, but it was out by enough that they had to pay their line of credit two grand for the transfer. I called the client right away and I said, you know, I'm so sorry. And I always admit this is what happened. I'm very transparent with my client. I never, ever lie. I always tell the truth. Even if the deal's hard, I'm like, okay, I won't tell them till I get the approval. And I'm like, yeah, I had to fight this. This is what happened, but we got it. You're approved. We just need this. So I'm very transparent. So I called the client and I said, okay, we made him a little mistake. I am so sorry. You have three months to pay that line of credit down by two grand, but I'm giving you a hundred dollars. I want you to go out for a nice dinner. So you remember Wayland mortgages in a good way. And the client always says, oh, no, you don't have to do that. And I always tell them, I know I don't have to. I want you to go for a nice dinner. Right. Okay. So you, that's a great little tip there. So essentially, there's something happened, caused some frustration. You're always going to deal with it head on, transparency. And then in this case, give them 100 bucks to say go out for dinner. So tell me, where does your business come from now? So what is the source of the, you know, the 80 million that you did last year? What does that split look like from realtors to past clients, client referrals? Like, what, Do you have any idea on that? I would say 60% come from realtor referrals, maybe even 65. And the remaining is from my own source that I'm bringing in. So yeah, I got about 35 to 40 referral partners that sent to me. Mm -hmm. And especially when deals die, you even have selling end of the realtors telling the buyer's realtor, call Jody, call Jody. Like, have you called Jody? If you haven't called Jody, you can't collapse a deal. Like there's a chance. Right. There's always a chance. Okay. And then before we got on the call to you, you told me that you had expanded into a couple other markets because how's your market right now is your market like you're busy but is the overall consensus because you're in alberta and alberta is not as booming as some other markets is the fort mac market still rocking and rolling they used to do about i think two thousand to twenty five hundred sales a year and it's about a thousand sales a year now right up here so i'm pulling out about i'd say 200 this year's going to be about well let's go last year last year we know the numbers 207 so let's say even 40 of those were transfers. I'm still doing about 16% of the market share. Right. So 16% of the, all the purchase transactions. And then one of your ideas was to spread yourself into or to build some funnels in other markets. So walk me through what you did there. So that was kind of interesting. Okay. So a few years ago when the Fort McMurray wildfire happened, <laughs> at yeah. first, Oh, my house burnt. Then I was like, Oh my God, I have no career. My job's over. Like, so did you, your house burned down too? Um, my rental got fire broke, so they plowed the garage. My home wasn't burnt, but the way the media made it look, it looked like the town was done. The whole town was right. burnt. So at that right. point, I'm like, oh my gosh, I have no career. So I decided I wanted to kind of branch out to different markets and put my eggs in different baskets. Also, I got really good up here. Why not share this with other markets and get hard deals approved in there? So I started right. building two web pages. And once I had the two web pages built, I started, I researched SEO, search engine optimization to be appear on the top of Google. I've mm -hmm. researched that for the last three years. So I've SEO'd my web pages to get them to the top in Google. Right. Grand Prairie is right now the one at the top. Red Deer, I'm still leading a little push, but I found pushing them both at the same time was really hard. <laughs> so I focused more on one right now. And now that it's landing where I want it to, this fall, I'm going to focus on the other market, getting it there. 
Right. So you're fishing. So you got your one pond, which we think of it like a pond fish. There's less going on right now. So you just said, hey, I'm going to go fish in another pond. And so do you build your own websites too? Like how much of this stuff are you doing? I sourced it out, but there was a lot that I had to jump in um, because it was sourced out to another country design, like person that was building it. So there's a lot that he wasn't doing. But yes, my web pages are designed by me. I went in. I know how to build a whole web page. So I sourced out the small parts. Right. But I was in there fixing it, tweaking it, moving the modules so that they appeared in the right spots, optimizing right. all that stuff. That's fantastic. And then so how many, like out of a typical month, then currently then what percentage of your business is coming from your primary market versus these secondary markets? Last month I did 28 deals. This month, 33, um, as long as none die, which we know home inspections can cause that to happen. Yeah. I would say... About three to four, I got out of Grand Prairie last month, but it's 28. So, I mean, it's going to take about four years to hit the momentum down there that I've hit up here just because the name's got to spread. The realtor's got to mm-hmm. hear my name. I think I got about eight down there so far that's heard of my name, like saving deals. So, I've gotten deals already approved that other people said no on. Like, yeah. a said, you know, you can only spend 340. I got him 360. Same thing on another one. You can spend 320. I got him 350. Right. So I am doing the same down there. I'm getting things other people can't get approved. When you do that, I don't have to go and uh, market these realtors and tell them how great I am. They see it when their clients are calling me and I'm getting something approved. Somebody else couldn't. And then being a problem solver is very, is very valuable. So, okay, let me ask you this. Like what's something that you failed at and what you learned from it? Cause like, you know, obviously not everything works the way we in business and in life. So I'm curious if you've had a failure that you've had any lessons from not hiring staff quick enough because I'm still right. not caught up. I'm still playing catch up and I still want a life one day, <laughs> but I right. don't have what, any people. I can't help them. Right. That's true. And then what is your goal? So you're going to go to like, where do you want to be? Like you must have some idea of like a vision for. I do. I want to hit 300 mil in the next, we'll say seven years. 300 mil, not a hundred, 300. The hundred is going to be this year. And then I want to hit right. 300 in a few years. And so what do you think you're going to just out of curiosity? Do you game plan what you think you're going to need for staff to do that? I'm thinking five staff, but I'm not certain. But I'm thinking five, maybe six. Right. And so if each person handles 40, 50 million with you being the, like the surgeon. So they become almost like doctors and then you become like a surgeon who comes in and just fixes the, the real tough cases. Exactly. Yeah. And so, right now, like our market's down right now. We're down about 200K up here. So... The 380, 370 average mortgage, that used to be like 560. Right. So your mortgage volume is down. Your yeah. units is down by 50%. And your business is up from 80 to 100 million. You're going from eight, you're going up another 20%. Yeah. It's been doing that. Like it's went 20, 30, 40, 60, 80. Now this is year is going to be one, one, 10, depending where it lands. Right. Fantastic. That's amazing. Okay. So what do you think is the number one thing holding back most mortgage brokers from being successful? Fear. Fear of what? I'm just guessing maybe they get scared and they're planning what they can do instead of attacking what they can do. Just implement it. Every year, for the first four years, I squirmed. I called it squirming. Every year, I'm like, hey, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Oh, I need banners. Oh, I need YouTube video. Oh, I need this. Oh, I need that. And every year, I squirm. This mm-hmm. made me produce. So when I squirmed, I didn't get scared. When I squirmed, I attacked it. Right. Okay, so when you mean by squirm, you're like, you're, you're, you're executing, you're just saying, okay, I'm going to do, for instance, I'm going to build this Facebook or this page in a different market. I'm just going to do it. And how, just out of curiosity, how long did it take you from the ideas in your head 
to it's actually up and running and now like it's not obviously not per, never perfect where you want it, but how long did that take? In what context? Like in the web pages being developed or Yeah, so like from from yeah. idea of hey, my, I need to fish in another pond to actually that pond starting to before that website being done and that pond to start actually producing for you. How long did that take? Okay, execution happens immediately. The month, once something comes in my mind, I'm lucky if I can shut my mind off for six hours not to execute. Execution right. happens immediately. Results mm-hmm. take a little time because you got to build it, you got to oversee it. So I'd say building the web page, I had somebody else do it, but I had to jump in a lot. There was a lot of late evenings I was jumping in, looking at this, calling, asking them to fix that. I'd go in on the back end and I learned how eventually to move the modules and fix it. So I'd say a month to have the web page built and then execution of ranking. And I spent every day, you know, when you're slow, I would be in there working on websites, SEOing, optimizing, doing everything I need to get it where it needs to be. So you said something there interesting, execution immediately, which I think is, is one of the keys to your success, obviously work ethic, but just as soon as you have the idea, you execute. So what's something recently that you had an idea on that you executed that you're like, okay, I'm going to do it. Like, bam, what was that? Hiring more staff was the last one. So I had Emily and she was salary and bonus. Like we got a good salary and she was bonus 20 K in six months. Like I, I do well to treat them well, but she said, Jody, I'm tired. Yeah. I said, okay, you want a life or bonuses? She's like, I want a life, Jody. Like I, so Emily has three kids. My other right. girl has two kids, twins. So all of us have, and I have two kids. So all of us have kids and work that we try to balance. So when Emily said that, that was it. I was out on a mission hiring a new person, interviewing. Right. You knew you could see that this is going to be, if she breaks and now you're backwards again, because she's like, okay, I'm worn out. And I'm like, so you don't want to break your staff either, right? Or your team. No, I didn't want to break her. And she was willing to go right to the bottom with me. Like she'd sit in that deep dark hole with me and we would sit there and go, how are we going to get this all done? So when she said it immediately, I started searching for staff. And I mean, it wasn't an easy go. I searched, I had candidates. I thought the one I really hired was good within two weeks, didn't pan out. Another one hired within two months, didn't pan out. Now the third one that I hired is amazing. Right. I, well, I want to just camp on that for a second because sometimes people think they, they get to a point where they realize I should have hired, I hire somebody, it doesn't work out. And then they go, oh, forget it. I'll just do it myself. That's the wrong attitude. What you did was, okay, it didn't work this time. Try again. Like, you know, it took you three tries. And we found the same thing for our team is finding team members can sometimes take multiple people before you find the right one and don't like just abandon the idea of having support just because you had a bad hire right exactly and the one number one thing i can say that i've learned with looking with support is finding somebody that is in it for the right reasons if they're in it for the pay they're not going to be the right employee if they're Mm -hmm. in it and enjoy problem solving and helping people and they like the job they're going to be the right employee right okay so i got a couple other last questions for you so what's one thing or habit you think's made you successful you talk about the execute immediately. Is there any other ones that you think have made you successful? Yes, absolutely. Um, I'm the opposite of a procrastinator. If something needs to be done, it has to be done now. I can't wait. Even if I have a week to do it, it has to be done right now. Now, it's good for production. Right. It's not great for anxiety and personal well-being. So that's my next step is learning. I got to get into yoga or something, meditation. Or- but then you're just going to try to master that. You're like, how do I become a master? At, you know, because of your... Per- so... Have you always been like that since you were a kid that like this, I got to do it now? Or is that something you developed over time? No, always been that way. Like if I got an assignment when I was in high school and I had a week or two weeks to complete it, I'd have it done that evening in three hours. Right. You just like get it done. Man, I wish that my kids would be like that. That'd be amazing. Because instead they're like, oh, I'm going to wait till I'm like, right, just do it now. Um, okay. And so what if you could recommend, last question, if you recommend a book for our listeners, what would it be? 
I don't have time to read books. <laughs> I've started getting into audiobooks, and The Untethered Soul is the new one that I'm listening to right now, which is really great because it basically tells you your brain is constantly giving you negative stuff like, oh my God, it's not going to work. What are you going to do if it fails? And how are you going to fight this? And it's a really good audiobook, The Untethered Soul. It basically right. teaches you how to shut your mind down so that you don't have that negative fear based talking all day to you. Right. Okay. Well, Hey, this has been amazing. Like you've inspired me. I've talked to hundreds of people in our industry and you are in a, you're very unique in your work ethic, in your not procrastinating. Procrastination is 99% of the population. Like, honestly, that's a, the fact that is a a great benefit to your business and your, and just the growth that you've had, I'm sure is part in part because of the fact that you just like, you don't wait around because how often do we get ideas and things we're like, Oh, and then we never get to them. We don't do them. And so that's fantastic. And so it's been cool to get to know you. And when you get to a hundred and whatever million you do this year, uh, reach out to me. I'd love to, you know, give you a shout out for that. And on your way in your quest, 300 million, which is a crazy number, but can absolutely be done with the right support around you. So awesome. Thank you so much, Scott.